Amen. Let's give them another hand clap. Yes. Thank you, Lord, for the good men and women that serve and have served and have been faithful. Thank you, veterans, for being powerful. Amen. Amen. It's a good day, isn't it? We're talking about accountability today. The next layer of the onion, amen, on the easy life. If, if I'm open to allow God to have access to his own house, amen, it's going to take some accountability on my part to make sure he stays in the house and I don't kick him out. Anybody ever kick Jesus out? <laughs> you didn't know it at the time and you found out you did? Oh, my goodness. And uh, thank the Lord for the times that he, he opens our eyes to see that we pushed him outside and, and he's still standing at the door knocking. Isn't that so good to know that he won't quit? He's faithful. Amen. Our daddy is faithful. In a world we're living in right now, the, the culture that we're in presently in uh, doesn't like the word accountability. Our culture and the and world we live in is it's more about whatever feels good, do it. Whatever supports my pleasure, let's go there. And so feeling and blessing is what most people are attracted to. Feeling and blessing. And the Lord can provide feeling and blessing for us, but apart from Him, you know, if my faith is only in what I can be blessed with and what I can feel that causes that, ah, that hormonal release, that wow factor, you know, you can have faith and go there. But that's not the kind of faith that's mature faith. That's called immature faith. Anybody know what I'm talking about? If you don't, by the end of the day, you'll be more aware of it. <laughs> Because we're all attracted to feelings and blessings. And the Lord does not get in a hurry, does he? He's just, he'll take as long as it needs. <laughs> Amen. And while we're waiting, because we're, we're, we're good at waiting on the blessing. We're good at waiting on the feeling. While we're waiting on the blessing and the feeling, He'll point out how we're more focused on that than we are in Him. And when that revelation comes, which can only come from Him, it brings with it a conviction, which is healthy. Not a condemnation, a conviction that says enough is enough. Amen. And so, do, does anyone have a, a, a compassion towards People that are hooked on drugs or alcohols, alcohol or lust, porn, whatever it is that brings the feeling, whatever brings the, the idea of what I call blessing, which is not the blessings of heaven, having a compassion because it's real. When your attention is on that instead of on the source of our existence, amen. God, so full of mercy and grace, Sean said it well, the cross is not a place to feel bad at. It's a place where you can lay it all down and say, Lord, I messed up. I, I, I dropped the ball, and here I am. I don't know what in the world you can do with me, but you said come, and here I am. 
And he is faithful and just. And he's on time. And I want to say to the life changers today, if you would, just be very sensitive to what dad wants to do through you because by the time this message is concluded, everybody in the room is going to get a good sense of being valid, valuable, God's treasure. Amen. And, and the blessings that God wants everyone to enjoy, the effects of the cross, he wants everyone to have that. He don't want anybody lacking. But more than anything, he wants us to catch the revelation of what the cause of the cross really is. Amen. And for you that have been reaching and searching and you know Jesus is the most attractive thing out. And you want to be associated with him. Maybe not the religious world that says, well, I've got Jesus and it's not the true Jesus. We want the true Jesus. Amen. And he's, he's not religious. The true Jesus, amen, reveals, amen, to us good news, identity, hope. And we can be a part of something that's eternal and it gets better and better and better and more fulfilling. Ah, but it's not about the feeling. It's not about the blessing no more because we done found out it's about our identity in him. It's about his mission. What drives him or rather what causes his heartbeat to have passion. And it has to do with the people that you're sitting around. He is into people. He is into his harvest. He wants everybody, amen, to get a hug from heaven. And sometimes, amen, we just pause long enough, there's a life changer hanging out somewhere. Amen, that they believe this message. And I'm talking about you. Every one of us are called to be life changers. We're called to be Christ. We're called to make a difference so that wherever you show up today, amen, at HEB, at the 7-Eleven, amen, at the car wash, because some of you think you're going to wash the car and it's still going to get wet. Remember this, wherever you go, if you believe what I'm talking about right now, the kingdom of God has arrived at that location. The kingdom of God, amen, requires the king of his kingdom to be present. And you and I are accountable for him to have place in his house. Amen. And how do we, how do we embrace this true accountability? You know, Jesus said that, the, uh, through the writings of Paul, he, he, he reveals to us that our earnest expectation to be, our eager, passionate expectation to be is what keeps us pure, even as he is pure. In other words, it just says it bluntly, amen, your desire to be like him is the key to your purity, your validness, amen. Your passion to be like him. So when I get a passion and a determination to be like Jesus, all of a sudden the things that used to attract me don't attract me no more. The thing that keeps showing up in my carnal flesh that makes me say, man, why do you keep dropping the ball? Why do you keep saying what you're saying? Why do you keep doing what you're doing? Well, it's there to let you know there's a, 
an accountability to passion and determination. And you can't have this passion and determination apart from God giving it to you. You you can't be hungry and thirsty after him unless he gives you the hunger and thirst. So, hey, 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 what, what, what? I want it. Well, have you asked? And just right now, everybody could pause for a minute and just ask, seek, and knock. What comes? The kingdom. What's the kingdom? It's the revealing of him and you as his children. The kingdom of God is being right before God. Well, you can't do that on your own. He's the one that makes you right. Amen? The kingdom of God is peace. Well, you can't get peace. It takes him, the prince of peace, to navigate you through all the stupid you're going through right now so that you can have peace. Amen? And the only reason anything that's going on that seems unfair to me or you is because we have blinders we can't see. It's only unfair because we can't see him navigating us through to the miracle. Amen? It's how he navigates us that teaches us how to walk. It's how he navigates us through the things that are not what I really want in my life right now that shows us who he really is. And we can't know him on the level that he's called us to know him because we're driven by feeling and blessing. Well, I need to be blessed. I need this feeling. Nope, that don't reveal him. That's just the benefits of him being Lord in one's life. And yet, he'll give us this feeling and he'll give us this blessing of healing and miracles and all that stuff. And all the while, we're still having this immature faith. It's not mature faith yet. He lets us know he's there. You can touch the hem of his garment and be healed. You can hang out close to him and all of a sudden just wow happens. But that don't mean he's Lord in my life yet. He wants me to ask, seek, and knock. He didn't say beg. He's not not wanting anyone to beg for this. He wants you to know how valid you are, that all that he has already is yours. Well, then why do I have to ask, seek, and knock? Mm. You ready? You ready to get convicted? Okay, this is going to be convicting. He just wants a relationship with us. He wants communication. He just wants to talk with us. He wants to help us get on the same page with him so that we can see who we really are. So he puts us in a place where we must be accountable to everything that he's already provided. You know, I don't give my grandson Brody the keys to the truck. Do I want him to be able to drive? The, yeah. Do I want him to be a man? Yeah. I want him to enjoy all that, but he's not mature enough for that. That's my grandson. 
I want him to have everything. I like for my grandkids to be with me all the time. It don't matter if they're climbing over my head while I'm trying to listen to the Lord. I, that's fine because how much, of, how much of that heartbeat does God want us to do that to him? He wants us to crawl right up in his lap in the throne and, and enjoy his glory as his kids. Make sure that you understand this. God trusts you and me. Here we are. We're adults, so to speak. To make sure, to make sure his children get to him. There's an indication there that the kids can't get to him if we, he don't have a mediator called sons and daughters that facilitate it. There's responsibility. There's accountability. Is that true? Man, I'm so much for notes. <laughs> y'all, this the, the unction, the unction. Y'all want y'all want to walk in it every day, and we're designed to walk in the utterance of the King, so that He can continue to do what He does. He's the Creator. He's still creating, and so He puts into us this one thing called a tongue. A most unruly member of the body. And he wants to be Lord of it. Is that true? He, he's asking for us to trust him on the level that we will only say what he says. Oh, you can get too spiritual now. You're going to be too heavenly minded. You ain't going to be no earthly good. Well, no, that's immature faith. It's it's not possible. It's not possible for anyone to be too heavenly minded. They're no earthly good. That's a lie. That's not possible. But you can grow up in him and you can be a son of God. He says you can. You just don't do that by being born again. The DNA is there. The potential is there. But then there's a need for tutors and guardians time of growing learning how to deal with the scruffs and the scrapes and the bruises and the cuts and the <sighs> growing and then at the time of appointment when does that appointment you and I determine that by how we feed our passion and our determination amen to go after his heart it's up to us. And I, I'm, that's not hard. That's not, you don't beg. You ask. You seek. And you have conversation, communication. My wife's enjoying this because she's going to bring it back to me. I just want to talk to you, honey. <laughs> Quit being quiet. Talk. <laughs> we need one another, don't we? We iron sharpeneth iron. Everybody is so valid to the next person. Everyone. You have a part of him that I don't have, and I'm after it if I have his heart. If I'm truly determined and I'm passionate to be who he says I am and on mission for him, I'm going to get every part of the Jesus I can from everybody he's in love with. And I'm not going to let their unique differences and their flaws and their failures Stop me because 
He's got my attention. And he'll tell you as his sons to throw the net. And when you throw the net, guess what you're going to get? The good, the bad, and the ugly. And he loves every bit of it. Is that true? Amen. And so we are pure because we have this earnest, this eager expectation to be like him. That's what makes us pure, even as he is pure. Now, I have to say, really? Because you're telling me that Jesus was pure in, in, in relation to his identity as the Son of God? Wow. Y'all think about that. That the problem that he had, because every one of us have good intentions, don't we? I hadn't met anybody that don't get up with good intentions. Everybody wants to be happy. Everybody wants to be fulfilled. Everybody wants to be a part of something that's valid. Amen. Yeah. But most of the people that don't make it, majority of the people, Jesus says, all of them have good intentions, but they don't follow him. And they're not going to enjoy the best that he has to offer because they get sidetracked with good intentions. Amen. I got some good things I want to do. Anybody got some good things you want to do? And it's not that it's bad. It's just not necessarily God's good thing. Has the Lord allowed me to be disobedient before? He does that all the time. And I'll go after my project. Anybody got projects? My desire because it equals good. But it's not God's project. It's not God's desire. How do I know that? Let me give you all an eye-opening revelation here today. The reason I know that my desire and my project isn't God's desire and God's project is because this earnest, eager, passionate expectation is not what's driving it. And I'm just going to say this to y'all. Several of, several of us, if not 100% of us, can start cutting things off right now and getting set free today. That's why I asked the life changers to be ready be on point because he wants everybody healed he wants everybody set free from demonic activity he wants everybody set free from ever whatever the vice or the thing is that's holding you captive that's not making you happy but you keep living in a realm of sadness and depression and anxiety knowing that man i don't know what else to do i'm just gonna go to church sunday maybe a miracle will happen well hey i understand the miracle never happens going. The miracle always happens when we find out who we are. And he's been trying to tell us all the while. Amen. I know that this silence in the room is from heaven because he's planting some seed that's going to overtake the seed of the one that's lied to us. Amen. We've all been Im impacted by that liar. You see, Jesus, is he's coming in. You get a chance to read it, do your homework. It's in the Bible. <laughs> Please read the scripture, Pastor. 
And the Lord says, please go read it for yourself. I'm just telling you, I had to get delivered of having to read the text because I didn't realize it was holding me captive. Oh, you got to have at least three scriptures to fail. But I understand it. That happens for me when I get all kind of witnesses. But the scripture's awesome. But y'all hear me. Jesus is coming into Jerusalem riding on the donkey. Anybody ever read that before? It's in the Bible. And I, I know I got it from heaven right now because he gave me some unction with it this week. And if you don't agree with something, go read it for yourself and ask the Lord to talk to you. But he's talking right now. He comes into Jerusalem on a donkey. And the crowds are overwhelmed by him and his presence. And they're throwing their coats. They're throwing palm branches. They're throwing everything, making sure he's got a a pathway to come in triumphantly. And they're saying, Hosanna in the high. I mean, they're just, whoo. When, when Jesus is around, it gets on you. Wow. It's a wow factor when he's around. That's why I'm encouraging every one of you when, you, when you catch this and you start letting him become who he really is in you, out of you is going to impact a world around you. And they're still blind. They're still blind. They can't see. They still need a miracle in their life. But they're impacted about something you got that they don't have. And they want it. That's what God wants to do in every one of us here in our communities. And so while they're doing all this praising and their, the wild factor, the, the religious group, they're telling Jesus, shut them up, man. This, this is not cool. And Jesus said, if they don't cry out, the stones will. Amen. It was a tomb, a cemetery there full of headstones and markers of dead graves. There's people in the grave that have come out of it right now to let, let you know who I am. They can't help it. And then he begins to weep. Not because of the religious spirit that had the religious group bound. And, they, and, they, and the leaven of the Pharisees was simply the pride of the Pharisees. Religious pride. Anybody ever had religious pride before? I'll just hold my hand up with a message for me. Amen. And Jesus weeps and said, if you had only known. He's not talking just to the religious. He's talking to everybody. He's talking about all the city. Of Jerusalem if you had only known what you could have had the peace I could have given you but you're blind to it you can't see it and he weeps and the same group that held him as the king and worshiped him is the same group that says crucify him let his blood be upon us and our children. That's a pretty strong statement, y'all. Are y'all tracking? So we can actually feel God and be the benefactor because he healed most of those people. Yeah, he delivered most of those people. He done nothing but he did only good. Only good. All they had on him was that 
a religious group convinced them that he was an imposter. Amen. That same God that was working then in Jerusalem works today in his religious pride. Nobody has God figured out. Can we all? We need to be accountable to that reality. If you ever think for a moment that you've got something figured out, don't be tempted because the religious pride that got a hold of Israel is the same religious pride that got a hold of Adam in the garden. And he became tempted by reason of knowledge. I need Jesus. And I'm accountable to that. Amen. Y'all feel the presence of God in this room just pulling on us to recognize. And, and, and y'all, how many times has God come to me because of religious pride and spoke to me about it, but I didn't let it go? I kept going, and mercifully, God kept working with me. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I got by, I got by, by the skin of my teeth which ain't hardly any on it. Hear me. And he kept working with me and letting me get by by the skin of my teeth and mercifully letting me say, okay, we're gonna keep, I'm going to keep coming at every angle I can, son, until you say, enough's enough. Here I am, Lord. You know, as much as I've tried, me and my wife both have tried to build the church, fix the church, make everything work, we finally agreed that we can't build Daddy's church. Only he can build it. And only he can fix it. And that if somebody is breathing, that he's all in. If they're breathing, he's still all into them. I don't want to miss what, what's got his heart going pitter-patter for them. Has anybody ever come to a conclusion, I don't know if they can be saved? You ever said that before in your mind? You didn't say it out loud, but you said it in your mind? <laughs> Do you know what voice that is? And you didn't think you could hear the voice of God. It wasn't God's voice, but it was the voice of a God. A religious God that comes like Jesus to convince you you have the right to judge someone else. Anybody ever done that before? And so we have a, a responsibility, y'all, to be accountable to our Father. And never say, like the enemy says, I will arise and be like the Most High. Well, Pastor, you said that we, we need to be like him. Yep, but he's the only judge. He didn't give us the mission of judging people. He did give us the instruction to know the tree by the fruit it bears. So there's a level of fruit inspection that we do. Do we do that fruit inspection to be critical? No! When God invests his spirit in us and the, the gift of discernment is upon me that I know something, it's not for being critical, it's for interceding. It's for seeing what daddy sees in them, not what the enemy sees in them. Is this tracking? I have an accountability. Now, I want to 
pause and I'll give you four quick points because I'm going to share with you something that impacted me on a level about 37 years ago that today is hitting me even harder and it's healthy for me. And you'll recognize that mm, my best days are before me right now in the moment. It, that's the starting point in this very moment. Amen. And so four very important points that support accountability in us. Number one, ask for desire to be. Ask for desire to be. All right, let me, let me help you with the asking. Paul encourages us, as he writes to Jude, that we should do this. In Jude 1 and 20, he says, Building yourself up in your most holy faith, praying in the Spirit. Well, I'm asking, ain't nothing happening. Okay. At some point, we got to get serious. At some point, we got to realize that the Lord actually sees us and He's actually knocking on the door and that we're significant. If I'm doubting the fact that I'm significant, if I'm doubting the fact, amen, that God has got His hand on my life, I'm probably asking amiss. I'm asking without focus. I'm asking doubting. Anybody ever asked something? before and doubted uh, dad give me the cars and the keys I need I want to go do them and, and you're doubting the fact I'm gonna get them <laughs> right and so if there's been any time that you've approached God with doubt he can't connect with that because doubt is a spirit he didn't give us the spirit of fear but of power, love, and of sound. What's, the, what's one, three of the main things that you don't want to be associated? Fear, doubt, and unbelief. But you do want to be associated with faith, hope, and love. Right? And so if I'm entertaining any of this, and I have more times than I can number, and wondered, well, I know I asked, and I know I spent about an hour in there, Talking to the Lord. I thought I was talking to someone else, not the Lord. Anybody ever found out you've done that before? Because of religious pride. Accountability. Accountability to who I am and his mission for me in my identity in Christ. Amen? And so... Ask, ask, number one, for desire to be. Number two, focus on the cause of the cross. Ask God to deliver you from this passion for blessing and feeling. Ask him to help you get on fire for his cause. And if I get on fire for his cause, which is me being Christ, and then as a son fulfilling his mission in the harvest, baptizing and making disciples, guess what's happened? All those feelings and all those blessings just follow. They overtake you. But I want to make a deal with Jesus. 
Take care of this feeling and this need, Lord, and I'm on, I'm on board with you. We don't say that out loud, but he don't make deals. Interesting enough, he'll give me the feeling and he'll bless me to show me how valid I am. Let me say this to everybody here in this room. You're only here today because of the grace of God. You're not here because you're smart and uh, because you, you, you deserve it. You're here because God's after you. You can't even come to him unless his spirit draw you. Is that true? So, I mean, he's going overboard to give us all the reasons why we should say, you know what, I'm all in, I'm ready to be accountable. I've got enough evidence today to kick doubt, fear, and unbelief out and say, Lord, here I am, I'm drawing a circle, I ain't leaving until you do what you need to do to get me where I need to be in my spirit so I can catch on fire. Our world don't need more smart people. Our world don't need no more geniuses. Our world don't need special people on the level of how humans see things. What our world needs is Jesus to show up and do what Jesus does. And Jesus is dependent on us to let him. Amen. You're going to start saying things you don't even understand you're saying, but you know it's from heaven. You ready for that? And you won't be noted as weird. God chose the foolish things of the world and confound the wise. And it's okay if you can be foolish looking at a Dallas Cowboy game. And you can't be foolish for Jesus? You can't all beside yourself. Whatever it is that you get beside yourself doing, come on, guys. We can all have a discussion on that. If you can't go to that level with him, he ain't got your heart yet. Well, pastor, you got to be respectful at church. Are you talking about a cemetery plot with a face? He's looking for lively stones. He's looking for lively stones. He's looking for someone that's not ashamed of him, not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, but they come to realize that it's the power of God into salvation. It reveals identity. It validates the cause. Amen. It sets us up. Amen. So we can be effective in our world to the Jew and to the Greek. Amen. Accountability. Amen. Focus on the cause, not the of the cross, not the effect. Thirdly, group with two or more in Jesus' name. Did you know Adam could not be blessed alone? Don't take a genius to go find that out. That principle started in the garden. It's not good for man to be alone. Well, if it's not good for man to be alone, trouble's about to come. I tell my wife all the time, I just want her with me. If I don't talk enough, I still want her with me. It's something about it's in my DNA to want my wife with me. And, and the Lord said, no, let me, let me help you, son. I want my wife with me. It's what the Lord's telling me. He said, I come for a bride. Well, that's often, no, no. He came back 2,000 years for his bride. Mm -hmm. He came back 
50 days right after the Passover, right after the death. He comes out of the grave on the 50th day. Amen. Jesus comes to get his house. Jesus comes to get his bride. Jesus is looking for a bride that has accountability, that makes herself ready. And he's very, very, very passionate and intimate with his bride. Come on, we're the bride of Christ, saints. Together, right here, right now, we are the bride. Now, when we leave this room today and we go out, we'll go out as sons. But right here, the reason you want to carry this home with you is because the husband is with his bride. Man, I don't know what it is I feel every time I come. Boy, I wish I could take that with me. You can, but you can only have the dynamic that's in this room because Jesus wants to enjoy intimacy with his bride. It's attractive. And, and every one of us will do this trying to figure it out. And he's saying, I'll give you that in your relationship. Amen. That's why we lead from our marriage. Daddy leads from his intimacy with his bride. But he gives his bride a responsibility to be accountable to. Be ready. Be ready. Be ready. He's after sons and daughters being born. It's his glory. It's his heritage. It's his passion. Mm. You don't take that for the marriage conference. Come on. Anybody coming to the marriage conference in December, if you hadn't signed up for it because you want to be there. Amen. You're to get. Come on. Come on. That's, that, that's the, that was the third point, right? Make sure that you group together in his name. Amen. Where's Jesus at today? Well, he's everywhere. Okay, what's he doing? Good question. If you want to find out what he's doing and want to validate really where he's at, he's everywhere, but you really want to get where it's really happening, where two or three gather in my name, I am in there. You've heard me talk about it. I'm in there. That's where I'm at. I'm with two or three. Adam is not going to be blessed alone. I'm with two or three that gather in my name. How do I gather in his name? I accept my role as Christ. I'm focused on the cause. It's my identity. It's who I am. <sighs> I mean, I know exactly the heartbeat of our husband. Amen. He's after the harvest. He wants his sons and daughters. You know, there can be 50 people in the room, and, and they, if, if there's two or three in that room that's in his name, guess what dominates? Jesus dominates. He has dominion and authority and power where two or three are. And the other 47, they may be blind, they may not know what's going on, but they're attracted to it. Some of y'all have been to small group and 
There wasn't even one in the name. <laughs> and that's what spooks people off from grouping. Because they're in some name, but they ain't Jesus' name. <laughs> y'all, y'all, y'all figuring out accountability yet? Accountability? What it looks like? And the fourth point, be Christ. If any man or woman be Christ, if they're Christ, then they're Abraham's seed. If you don't agree with Jesus, you can't be Abraham's seed. Amen. If any man or woman be in Christ, they are a new creature. They found their identity. They understand the cause. All right, Pastor. All right. You get me now. No, I'm going to tell you what got me. This is going to encourage you because his purpose, his project, his desire is what he's asking for us to be accountable to and not our purpose, our desire, and what we want to do. Let's say to one more time, if you're something you want to do and it's a good thing, but it don't support the cause, and there's no comfort, confidence in it in, in its relation to confirmation and validation. You want, a bit, you want to check up for a moment. Oh, because when I, when I got off course a few times, whew, man, the stuff that had to happen for me to get back on course, I had to die to some things. And I'm sure there's some more things I have to die to, y'all, because I need Jesus every day. My pastor... Floyd Odom, amen, impacted my life. You've heard me talk about it. But something happened one Sunday. I wasn't, I wasn't married yet. I don't think Tammy was there. I was about 17 years old. She was having to wait on me. And Pastor Odom was, oh, man, he was, he was ministering. And it's always, it's always good, on intimacy. And there was a young man there by the name of Jeff that had just went through surgery on his skull. And for some reason, Pastor Odom had a block. He didn't realize. And, and he'd ask all the men, when you, when you come into church, guys, take your hats off. And that was one of the things that he asked us to do is, you know, take your hats off and it was just one of the things that he did. I, I, I catch myself taking it off all the time, still, because it impacted me what he did. But he found out something that day about hats that wasn't important. And Jeff had put a hat on. And I keep in mind, he's like 13 years old. He's been through trauma. He's come out of the hospital. He's at church. And his dad and mom encouraged him. And Pastor Oden, he just won't go around authority. He won't go around mom and dad to, he thought that he just forgot to take his hat off. It wasn't no big deal. And mom and dad would have thanked him, said, thank you for reminding our son. He's thinking he's flowing with unity. But when Jeff bowed his head and took his hat off, I saw something happen to my pastor that I didn't know what God was doing. I know it was a bad moment for him. Bad moment for Jeff. And it made the congregation a little uncomfortable but for a good reason you know there's some things that just need to happen in our life that just 
kink us up for a moment so he can point out what we make more important than him. Sometimes we think we're going after something, but we're really going after something that's really not him and missing him in the moment. And so, uh, and somehow, as only, you know, my pastor could do, he figured a way out through it and was able to conclude the service, and it was not too messy. But it was messy. I know him, that he met with mom and dad, repented, embraced Jeff. I, I know he done that. I just know him. But we met back at service that evening, and when he got up to the platform, he shut everything down, and he opened himself up, accountable. Because everybody was there, needed to see Jesus on the level that Jesus wanted to be revealed. And he repented to everybody in that room. And what do you think happened in that room? There's something about repentance, living a life of continual repentance. It's attractive. Jesus is hanging on a cross, y'all, and he's taking all the sin of the world on himself. And he didn't do anything wrong. What did he do wrong? All of it. He's taking every bit of it from me and you. And he's showing us a demonstration of what love really looks like. When you see your brother or sister in a fault, instead of judging them as being sharp enough and smart enough not to go there, step here on Jesus' side. It's not about the flaw. It's not about the fault. It's not about the mistake. It's about something else that I'm accountable to. I've ever seen people mess up and I thought, my goodness, I thought you were smarter than that. Jesus didn't tell me that. Another spirit that has a Bible study supporting that told me that. To the guests, you hear me use Bible studies. There's a lot of Bible studies out there that ain't Jesus, this is Bible study. And we've all been impacted by that. I am totally into the Bible, by the way. It's just we need to let the author be the author. Jesus said it. He said, I come in the volume of the book. The scriptures are they which testify of, uh-oh, we're catching on to identity now. Testify of me. And then through Paul, he says, now ye are written epistles, read and known of all men. What is it? It's about the cause. And so when someone is failed or they make a mistake, you're there to be Christ and not beat them up over their mistake, but to give them hope and good news and a hand of encouragement, a word of hope. The group that praised him when he come in to Jerusalem is the same group that crucified him and put him on a cross. They're now standing in chapter 2 of Acts and they're puzzled by what they see happening and because of something that's going on in 120 
It's pretty powerful when you got a one or two in my name, but you got 120. And they can't say nothing but glorifying the Lord. They can't, they, they're speaking in all their different languages. And the group that crucified Jesus is what's going on here. They finally got to a place where their ask <sighs> happened. And now Jesus has his house. And they can't say anything but what Daddy's saying. And they're responding in relation to the relationship that's happening to them with him. And this group says, what is this going on? This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, says God, I will pour out my spirit, just like you see right here. This is Peter talking. Just like you see right here, on all flesh. All flesh. And they're going to prophesy. They're going to see dreams, have dreams and visions. Wonderful things are going to happen. Also, there's going to be a lot of stuff going on in the earth that'll spook you out if you don't have this. And then they said, what shall we, which means what must we do? Because we've had enough of this God we've been serving. This idea of who God is has caused us to do things that's anti-God. God is not a murderer. And we just murdered his son. God's not a liar. And we've been lying on his son. Has anybody ever done that before? Relax, everybody. I found out I crucified Jesus to an open shame a few times, too. And I rejected him. And I didn't honor him. And I can't, I can't tell you how much I'm so thankful that I was still breathing. And he had mercy. And he came to his house and loved me like I didn't do anything wrong. Because my heart opened back up to him. Amen. You're alive. You're breathing right now. The reason you feel him is because he's at your door knocking. The reason you're attracted to be here today is because God's not through with you. He's got great big plans. I ain't got much time left. He don't need time. He wants you to know he can redeem the time. Redeeming the time is easy for our daddy. You just need to let daddy in. And what was impossible is now made possible. I'm accountable. I'm accountable to our Father. You're accountable to our Father. Whether you say yes, Lord, or not, and you're still alive, means everything to you. If you get up in the morning and you're still breathing, yes, Lord. You can say it, you can ask at any moment, and He will come suddenly to His house. Wherever you are, he's an ever-present help. And last time I checked, I need him all the time in time of need. We stand. How many people right now in your path, they may live in your house, they may work on the job that you work at right now, that you're employed at. Maybe you're the business owner and you have employees. But how many people are you in continual 
connection and contact with that needs God's mercy every day. How's that mercy going to get to them? God has to have a vessel. I can't believe unless there's a preacher sent to preach and I have an ear to hear what is being preached so I can receive the miracle I need in my life. How many in this room are God's preachers? Everybody standing in this room. If you're called to be Christ, you're called to be Christ and let that most unruly member in your mouth say what he says so that he being God in flesh and now we got Jesus in my sister here God in flesh God in flesh can say creative words she may not understand things she's saying but she's going to say because daddy said it and it works it brings hope it brings life and she gets the benefits of letting daddy have his house and be intimate relationship she's accountable to that and all you'll ever be able to talk about is look what my daddy did look how good my daddy is and you got a bank account that's got millions in it but you don't give a flip about it you've already assigned stewards with you that are walking with you to take care of getting it to where it's supposed to go you got all kinds of stuff. You don't care about none of it. You're just like Job. You just got seven times blessed. You got, you got more than you've ever had in your life. But all you're focused on is this connection and being. And everywhere you go, the kingdom of God has arrived. Is anybody ready to walk in this? Quit looking for a bank account. Quit looking for the miracles that God can do for you and look for Him. The effect always follows. If you spend your time today, we all spend our time today saying, yes, Lord, have your way, do what you need to do in me, and you hold there, a world can be changed. And Jesus said he's going to finish it. He says his kingdom's taking over this world. Am I going to be a part of it? I got a decision to make that I'm accountable to. Guests, thank you for being with us today. If you need to go, you're welcome to go. But we're going to open up our spirit and say, yes, Lord, to those. And you're welcome to hang out with us. I'm going to pray for you right now. Thank you, Father, for this word, this, <laughs> this life-changing word that you're doing inside of me and helping me understand how awesome you are and how valid I am to you. Yeah. Not without pushback. Not without challenges and stuff happening. But that's how you reveal yourself. That's how you reveal how good you are. How powerful you are. How significant you are to me. Thank you, Lord. Let that begin to happen in every life, every heart. Our world's hurting. Our community's hurting. But you drew everyone here to this room today that you wanted to be in this room. You did it, Lord. Let them know right now as only you can do it. 
how special they are to you, Lord. Let the promise of the Father, let the promise of your spirit and fire make the difference in their heart and transform them, Lord. Give them a crown of righteousness. Give them your mind, the mind of Christ, until it eats them up and they begin to just let you fix everything that needs to be fixed in their life, every relationship that's broken in their life, you start bringing it back together so that they can see how powerful and how loving you really are. Lord, that our hearts would be open and receive you the way you want to come to your house. Turn the tables over. Shake the house up until that house becomes a house of prayer, Lord. Deliver us from every religious, prideful spirit that we're serving. Set us free, Lord. In Jesus' name, receive ye the Spirit. Be filled. God bless you. I'll pray for anyone that wants me to pray. Amen. Life changers, be obedient. The miracle workers doing something special here. Be powerful. You are. Be Christ in Jesus' name.